Hi everyone, we're Gabby, Karim, and Jules, and you're listening to the Making of an Incredible MD podcast by Halad to Health. Last season, we took you behind the scenes of some of our mock MMI stations. So we've talked about the GAMSA and we've talked about the interview. So now on to the next step. This season, we're talking all things getting ready for med school. We will be running you through what a day in the life of a medical student looks like, what study techniques to know about, what your career is going to look like, and much more. So stay stay tuned tuned and get ready to get med ready. (laughs) Hey everyone, it's Gabby here. And Karim here as well. Welcome back to this episode of the podcast. Uh, Today we're talking all things GEMSAS application process. But before we get in, we'll do an acknowledgement of country. So I'd like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land in which we are recording this podcast on today. That is the Wiradjuri land of the Kulin Nations. I would also like to pay my respect to the elders past, present and emerging, as well as any Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may be listening to the podcast today. So, Karim, it's good to be back and recording in person, not on Zoom today. Um, and can you just sort of set the scene? Why are we recording this episode today about the GEMSAS application process? Yeah, it's good to be back in our uh, studio slash uh, living room that we're in right now. Um, but yeah, we decided to record this episode because we know that the application process is a very scary and uncertain time. Um, we know that it can be a time where you don't really know what you're doing. It's a very new process. It was very confusing when we did it. Mm. Um, And I think year after year, the process doesn't really change. It remains slightly confusing. Um, There's a lot of different deadlines to be on top of, a lot of different dates. Um, You know, if you haven't really done your research, it can be slightly frustrating process as well. Um, And it can be really easy to miss a deadline. And that's something certainly that I've heard of people, people sort of missing their deadlines. And um, that's why we decided to do this episode. So to help people out, make the process slightly more um, clarified mm-hmm. uh, and a little bit easier to understand. Yeah, for sure. I think we both found the process quite overwhelming. So we thought what better way than to do a little episode to help you all, but a bit of a disclaimer, don't just get all of your information from this episode. Still go out and do your research, follow the GEMSAS website as well as other individual universities' websites um, because sometimes the dates do change. Um, last year in particular because of COVID, um, there was, it was changing all the time. So um, hopefully this year it is more stable, but still don't just use this as your only information resource. That'd be my number one advice for today, I think. Yeah. This year being 2021, by the way, in case people are listening in the far future, as we hope you will be. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So let's get straight in. So we checked the GEMSAS website this morning. That is the 10th of April, 2021. Um, and the applications for medicine open in early May, as stated, and close on the 31st of May. So um, we're approaching the window at the moment. um, And when we upload this episode, we'll be even closer. So keep your eye out on that. Um, But also keep in mind that there are other unis that you can apply to to study graduate medicine, postgraduate medicine, sorry, um, that aren't in GEMSAS. For example, University of Sydney, 
they often open their applications much earlier and do the whole um, offers and interviews much earlier than other universities. When we did it, I had my interview in July, whereas all my other interviews were in September. So it was quite earlier. Um, so definitely keep an eye out for that. Um, and actually, UCID applications might already be open. I'm not sure. So definitely check their individual website for that. Yeah, absolutely. And just to clarify, Gabby, what do you mean by GEMSAS? GEMSAS, true. We should tell them what GEMSAS is. So I actually can't remember what it stands for, <laughs> but it is basically just this like independent body. Like a conglomerate of universities. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess so. That you go on their website and you apply for all of the universities that are under GEMSAS. And it's like a um, a preferences process, sort of like when you're applying for university right at the end of year 12. You put in your preferences and all of the universities are on there. So you don't have to apply to every university individually, which is incredibly helpful. Um, and you will put all of your portfolios um, and everything through that service. So it's a website that you definitely want to have a play around with and sort of get to know because it, there are a few confusing parts on that website, I would say. Yeah, so all your application is done through GEMSAS. And essentially, GEMSAS is majority of universities in Australia. Mm -hmm. um, almost all of the universities that you'll apply for, aside from a few, which maybe, we'll mention. Yeah, maybe two or three. Yep. Um, aside from those, all the rest are basically on um, GEMSAS. I think that the few ones are like University of Sydney. Flinders. Flinders University. Um can't I can't remember, remember anything <laughs> else, unfortunately. But I think those are the major ones. Definitely look up which ones are included and aren't. But almost all the universities that you might want to apply for uh, will be... Oh, and Monash. Oh, Monash yes. as well, Monash, Monash University. Yeah. It's funny because we actually applied to that one. So yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, those are the majority that are outside of GEMSAS. The rest mm -hmm. are all included in GEMSAS. Mm-hmm. Um, and speaking of which, it's actually a good point here to mention that you should cast a wide net when you're applying. So, for example, I didn't apply to Flinders University because I thought that the GAMSAT score cutoff, which, bringing back to previous episode, GAMSAT is the test that you need to do before you um, apply for medicine, uh, and they use the scores to sort of select students for interviews. So I thought my scores would not be high enough to get me an interview at Flinders, so I never applied. And actually, the year that I applied, the scores that I got actually would have gotten me an interview. Mm. And it would have been really tragic if I'd never got any offers anywhere. Mm -hmm. And like I, I hadn't even sat all the possible interviews that I could have. So try to apply to as many universities as you can. It does get a little bit expensive, mm -hmm. um, which can be a bit of a struggle on a student budget, but... It's a good idea to try and apply to as many as you can because you just never know where you might end up. Yeah, yeah. So um, going on from that, you actually have to pay an application fee. So the good thing about GEMSAS is you pay one fee for a lot of unis, which is definitely very helpful. Um, but then if you apply for UCID as well as um, uh, Flinders, that's an extra cost on top of that. Um, I think Monash was free. Monash was free, but Monash was specific to Monash students. Yeah. So that does kind of make it tricky. Yeah. Okay, so now circling back to those GEMSAS key dates. So as we said, the applications open early May and close at the end of May. 
And then in September, interview offers will be made for the different universities. And then come November, that's when um, actual med school offers will be made. Um, well, that's when they start to be made. They can be made right up until January, I think it is, right until all the places are filled. Um, so there are a few last minute offers that you could get. So keep that in mind. Um, listen to our episode with um, Gianni um, that we had uh, maybe a month or two ago. He got one of those last minute offers and it was four days before the course started. So yeah, it's not all going to come out in November. Keep mm. that in mind. Yeah. So if you don't get an offer straight away, don't be too disappointed because you might get lucky and you might get something later down the line. I remember one of my friends actually got an offer on uh, Christmas Eve. So how good is that for a Christmas present? By Santa Claus himself. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so she was very, very happy. Um, And the rest of the offers had come out like a month or two before that. Mm. So, Mm. yeah, she was very, very happy. Um, but yeah, like just keep it in mind that you might get an offer a bit later on, mm. um, to make plans, I guess, f- accounting for that, that you might get a later offer mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as much as you can plan for something that is I hard to predict. Yeah. <laughs> and also just keep in mind that offers come out at different time points for different universities. So yeah. For example, um, University of Sydney offers come out very early. Mm-hmm. Can't remember the exact timeline. August, I think. Yeah, they come out very early compared to all the other ones. Um, Monash offers come out extremely late. Yeah. Sometime in December, usually. Um, I think Melbourne and, and the other GEMSAS ones, like Gabby mentioned, they come out in November. So different unis will have offers coming out at different times. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have... Uh, interviews at very different times as well. And also just keep in mind the fact that with GEMSAS, you only sit one interview, even Mm. though you're applying for multiple universities. I think people get confused a little bit by that. So, for example, I sat an interview at Melbourne University, but I was applying for something like six different universities. And so that score that I get from the interview at Melbourne will actually go towards my entire GEMSAS application, not just towards Melbourne Uni. So it means that although I interviewed at Melbourne, I might actually get an offer at, say, for example, Deakin University, which is another GEMSAS mm-hmm. university. So basically they just use the interview as another score to rank you. And then the university can decide, yep, we want this ranked person or nope, we don't. And just because one university says nope, to you doesn't mean you're not going to get an offer. You'll just move down your preferences list. And that's why the preferencing is so important, Yeah, which we will talk about In soon. just a sec, yeah. yeah. But for, like, for example, one of my friends interviewed at University of Melbourne, but then got an offer at Griffith University, which yeah. he took. So, you know, just keep that in mind as well with your preferences. Um which we'll get into in a sec. But before we get into that, maybe, Gabby, you can start us off with what your GEMSAS experience was like. Yeah. So I think for myself, um, I, yeah, I found it really confusing. I found the website itself really um, hard to navigate and I always felt like I was missing something and I had this like, constant like low-level anxiety throughout those months of being like, I'm missing a date. I think Gabby kept a folder, like this huge binder folder where she had all the timelines, all the up. For some reason, she kept her passport photo in there. Yeah, yeah. Well, because a lot of the applications, you need like ID. So I had 
all of my precious IDs um, photocopied in that folder, which probably wasn't a good thing to carry on the train. But anyway, <laughs> um, so yeah, I was quite stressed, but overly prepared. But I don't think that was a bad thing at all. Um, but I was also applying for a lot of the portfolio unis, which I needed more time for. I don't think I gave myself enough time for those because like following up references for the different experiences you've had, especially when a lot of them for myself were, you know, a couple of years ago, um, it was a really hard process. And it sort of took away from my study actually in biomed. I was focusing so much on the application, writing my portfolios, contacting references that I didn't have enough time to study. <laughs> so that had definitely that was definitely something I struggled with. Um, as well as the whole preferences, which we've already sort of alluded to, I didn't really understand what they meant. I had this idea in my head that if I put um, Wollongong as number five and I interviewed at Wollongong, that they'd know I put them at number five so they wouldn't accept me. Then that they only wanted students who put them at number one, which I don't know where I got this idea from. Um, I think... I either came up with it myself or read something online, some conspiracy theory. So I was really stressed about that. And because of that, in the beginning, I actually didn't put the University of Melbourne on my preferences because I didn't think I had a chance. Um, and I didn't want to risk the other universities being lower down. Finding out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that they weren't number one. Um, but luckily enough for me, I had some good friends that knew what was going on much more than I did who told me that was very silly um, and were able to steer me in the right direction by putting preferences as I wanted to actually go to those unis, as I preferenced them. Um, so, yeah, it was a very confusing, anxiety-provoking time and I had no idea what was going on. <laughs> what about you, Karim? <laughs> Uh, I had a very similar experience. Um, so, yeah, I, what I really want to get out of this is just to explain the importance of putting down your preferences in the way that you prefer mm. those universities. Because for me, I was very heavily influenced by what, by what my friends were doing. So, I kind of like was asking lots of friends, like, what are your preferences? What are your preferences? What do you think should go on top? What do you think should be priority number one or whatever? Um and that can be a bit silly because you should apply to the universities or preference them in the way that you feel that they best suit your needs. So, for example, if you prioritize location over everything else and you want to stay in your state, then by all means, put the universities in your state first. Or if you care more about the universities that do a lot of research, um, I mean, all of them do pretty much. <laughs> So that doesn't really matter, but, um, you know, you might prefer certain universities over others. Um, maybe you care about the ranking of the university in terms of, you know, their ranking in Australia. I think a lot of people did, um, you know, the best med course in Australia, for example. Uh, and so you preference that way. So it's up to you, really. Um, but for me, yeah, I found, I found this, the process quite stressful because... I was relying too much on what other people thought, not so much on what I thought. So, for example, I actually applied to a portfolio university. Now, for those of you that might not have heard of what portfolio universities are, so they don't just take your GEMSAS application, they actually require you to write a portfolio uh, and you use the portfolio to get to gain an interview, essentially. Mm -hmm. So, the portfolio will include things like your past experiences, 
you know, any scholarships, um, past achievements. A bit um, like a resume. Very much like a resume, just kind of showing yourself off as much as possible. What your intentions are, why you want to get into medicine, very much sort of along those lines. Um, And it's a very intense writing process because it's very tricky to write a good portfolio because obviously the people applying to medicine are very accomplished. Um, So it's hard to stand out in that crowd. Um, and it's hard to write your portfolio well, essentially. And a lot of my friends were like, you've got to put down a portfolio university, you know, like it's, you have to put one down. Like it's it's sort of like a safety net for some reason. A lot of people thought it was a safety net to put down a portfolio university. I think because people thought it was too hard to write, too hard to write, to write a portfolio. So they assumed that, you know, if you write one, um, it might be a little bit easier to get into those universities. Mm. Maybe less people apply, essentially. Mm. Uh, but I just don't think that's the case. You shouldn't just put down a university just because you think it'll be easier to get in. You should put it down because it's a university you would actually love to go to. Yeah, absolutely. Because you're going... If you do get into that university, you're going to be there for at least four years. Exactly. Like, you need to... like value the place value the university and what their values are and you need to know that you'll be happy there and that you can thrive there and succeed in that environment so that is a really important point Mm, absolutely and portfolio unis aren't just easier to get into for sure like they are ruthless with their portfolios Mm. because you're going up against people who have done some incredible things um a lot of students who may be mature age students have lived and they've had careers and they've thrived so you know as a undergrad student applying for that that's what i found quite difficult because i was up against these people who had you know, done incredible things. So keep yeah. it in mind, it's not just easier because they have lower GAMSAT scores typically. Um, it is it is still a really tough process. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and yeah, like keep in mind, like I said, a lot of my friends applied for one university, interviewed at one university and then got a completely different one mm. through the GAMSAT through the GEMSAS process. So keep that in mind. Okay, so we've talked a lot about how to choose your preferences um, and not relying on other people for your top picks or for your preferences for the GEMSAS application. One thing we should mention is don't rely on other people for deadlines. For sure. So important. I've heard horror stories of people who have missed deadlines for applications um, purely because they're relying on other people to Mm. remind them, their friends to remind them. Mm. Um, And I know the course that I went to was a really good course, but I think it was a little bit cutthroat in terms of some of the people. Um, And so sometimes people didn't want to remind you because they wanted less competition, which is absolutely terrible. Um, And... I don't think those are the type of people that should be getting into medicine in the first place, but let's not get into that. Um, But yeah, don't rely on other people for deadlines. Be on top of them yourself. Mm. Don't even rely on us. No, yeah. For sure. Get those websites up and favorite them. And, you know, I had the GEMSAS website as well as um, UCID website and a couple other ones. I can't really remember. But I had them like favorited and I'd just go in there almost every day just to check that the dates hadn't changed and keep a calendar. You've got laptops and phones, set reminders, like use the technology we have, put post-it notes on your toilet door to say, send up. (laughs) Post-it notes is technology. (laughs) Um, As, as a backup to say, you know, apply, send that application through. 
have reminders um, and and be on top of it because it if you miss out on the deadline, you have to wait a full year. There's no there's no second. There's chances. no second chance. There's no late application fee. It's not like Gamsat. Yeah. They don't let you apply later than than the final date than yeah. the deadline. Mm. You just yeah you don't don't get to apply that year. It's just tough luck. Which sounds ruthless, but yeah. when you think about it, they they're filtering through a lot of students, a lot of applicants. Um, so they need that time to to send everyone in a place that will hopefully get them a place in medicine. Yeah, exactly. Um, which comes back to our next point, which is, you know, pick unis based on your values and not the values of others. Um, you know, the whole thing about like location, whatever your values are, figure them out and then preface the unis based on that. Mm. Um, and then with those unis, keep an eye for their specific deadlines. Mm, yeah. Don't just rely on what other people say or what is going around in terms of, oh, when should you apply? Like, <laughs> keep an eye. And also, make sure that you finish your application well before the deadline. So many of my friends would apply, like, the night that it was due. And imagine that you had some internet problems. Mm. Or imagine that, you know, you couldn't get home that night because of some medical family emergency. I don't know. I'm just making it up. But, you know, keeping in mind that you shouldn't really leave it until the last minute, try to get the application in a little bit early. Yeah. Submit it as early as possible so then you can forget about it and Mm. and think about the next stage of the applications, the interviews, Mm. um, or focus on your degree if you're still studying. (laughs) Um, But that really ties in well to doing your research on the different unis. So lots of unis have different course structures, um, different sort of selling points. Um, we're actually having a few different panel inter- panel episodes um, on the podcast. Um, all of the Victorian unis, the New South Wales unis, the Queensland unis will have podcasts specifically for that. So keep an um, an eye out on our podcast, I or guess. Or an ear out. <laughs> or an ear out for those episodes because they might be able to help you sort of solidify your decision on your preferences as well. Yeah, absolutely. And just um, keep in mind the Halad Facebook page for upcoming events where we talk about things like portfolio writing, um, if that's something that you're considering, Mm -hmm. Um, because these events are coming up very soon. I believe we've got one coming up potentially in the coming week. So today is the April the 10th. So sometime in the next week, we might be having one coming up. Mm, that's the portfolio writing one. That's definitely something that you want to get onto early. So I highly recommend attending that event, but it will be recorded and posted on our YouTube as well if you miss out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, did you have any more tips or tricks? No, I just think we've jam-packed a lot of information into this episode. I think yeah. it's probably overwhelming <laughs> for students, but... Just, you know, you don't have to get all of your information from here. This is just the key things we thought were important and something that you can then go on to read more about later on. So just choose people who you trust to talk to about these decisions, such as preferences, because they're big decisions. Do your research, stay organized, um, and don't stress. Try not to stress during this application process. Don't stress. You don't need to stress. Yeah. Just stay on top of it and you'll be fine. You'll be fine. (laughs) It'll all work out. (laughs) Thank you all for joining us uh, today. Um, Hopefully you enjoyed the episode. As always, feel free to email us, um, karim at halladhealth.org or gabby at halladhealth.org if you have any questions or concerns. Beautiful. Thanks for joining us, guys. Um, And we'll see you uh, in the following weeks. See you later. Bye. 
Thank you for listening to the Making of an Incredible MD podcast by Halide to Health. Please like, share, and subscribe to help spread the word about our podcast. And we'd love to hear your feedback. So send us an email or message on Facebook. All of our links are in the show notes. Thanks. We'll see you next time.